Today's episode is brought to you by Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.net. For RCRTV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we take a look at all things DAS, small cell, Wi-Fi, and much more. All right, welcome to HetNet Happenings. I'm joined today by our CEO and editorial director here at RCR Wireless, Jeff Mucci. Jeff has decades, and I mean decades, of experience <laughs> in the telecom industry. He's agreed to come in today and talk to me a little bit about distributed antenna systems, DASs. So if you've ever been in a crowded place like a stadium or a convention center and you have trouble getting phone reception, you'll be interested in learning a lot about DAS systems. So Jeff, let's dive right in. Can you give us just sort of a general idea of what a DAS does and how it works? I'd be glad to, Sean, but before I do, I want to take a step back and let's uh, talk a little bit about the decades in the business. <laughs> I think we're coming up on the end of my second decade, so just a point of clarification for everybody out in the audience. Uh, but I have been in the industry for uh, a couple decades, have been through uh, several te telecom battles of building out broadband networks, both wireless and wireline, and I think what's really interesting about uh, distributed antenna systems uh, is that it really is a method of um, um, providing capacity and coverage for mm -hmm. users in building as well as in transition areas outside of a stadium or parking lot. But the way, the way distributed antenna systems work, they take a, a, a signal off a cell tower, mm -hmm. and they're basically taking capacity off that cell tower by way of fiber into a head end inside of a building or a stadium or a hospital, and then they redistribute that signal through a distributed antenna system. So if you go to a Cowboy Stadium or Cardinal Stadium for the Super Bowl, for example, they've taken capacity from somewhere and they bring each carrier that is providing a DAS system in that building or if a neutral host is providing a DAS system, okay. each carrier is bringing capacity by way of fiber into a head end mm -hmm. inside the stadium in a, in a telco closet and, uh, and then they connect to the distributed antenna system. In many cases it's a what's called a neutral host. Mm -hmm. uh, so folks like American Tower, Crown Castle, Mobility, um, Extinet, they're neutral host providers mm -hmm. uh, that allow multiple carriers to use one distributed antenna system inside of a, a stadium or a building to provide in-building coverage and oh. capacity. Okay, so let me make sure I understand, and we'll use your example of a stadium. I think that you know it's easy to visualize what a stadium looks like from the top. So you'll have a ring of fiber that'll connect all of these nodes, and then that they're placed geographically so that otherwise dead spots can get a boost of capacity is that right in some respects but again okay. you're taking you're taking capacity off a sector on a cell tower into the head end connecting cross connecting over to the distributed antenna system and then distributing that through to these nodes if you will or small antennas throughout the stadium and when they're doing the engineering design they plan for um, not to make sure they don't have any dead zones okay okay and um, I think we've got uh, some footage we're going to show a little bit later on some of the, how t the technology works. And one of our reporters, uh, Joey Jackson, went out to a stadium uh, a while back. And they actually, in the VIP section, what they found is that the, the seats down front were the guys who probably felt like they needed the best signal in the stadium. Right, the high and dollar it was tickets. Because they were so far away from any place they could put a DAS node, mm -hmm. they actually engineered a way at the AT&T foundry to put the DAS node underneath the seats in mm -hmm. the VIP section. 
Okay, yeah, you mentioned Joey. Joey does a, a lot of great field work for us. He recently had the opportunity to talk with Bill Moat. He's a uh, vice president at Tesco, and then Sean White, who's from Comscope. Both those companies do a lot of work in the DAS space, and they gave Joey an overview of the deployment at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's take a look at that. I'm here with Bill Moten and Sean White. Bill is with Tesco, and Sean is with, uh, with Comscope. So guys, tell me about um, the, the DAS in, in this stadium. I'll tell you what, man, it is amazing. The, the quality of the insulation is so well done. You can't see it. When you're out here, you can't really see where all the antennas are. And no. that was a key thing. Apparently, that's what the Joneses family wanted. You, won't, you can't see anything. And um, with Comscope and TPI, they did a great job of doing that installation and hiding everything to keeping it you know, really clean. And Sean, tell me about that installation. Well, when the Cowboys came to us back in 2007, they wanted the largest, most innovative DAS and large venues in the United States, which we did. Since 2007, we've implemented probably five separate upgrades, finishing our last upgrade right before the college football national championship. During that game, we had over eight terabytes of data processed through the system, which is two and a half times more data than the Super Bowl in 2014. The process that we had to go through is we wanted the antennas to be heard and not seen. You know, it's, it's the typical cell site problem where everybody wants cell coverage but nobody wants to see the towers. We have the same problem here. Uh, this facility is state-of-the-art. It's an excellent venue. The last thing the Jones family wanted was to see our antennas. So we did painstakingly details on where we hid the antennas, where we could provide coverage, and get the capacity needed for a crowd of you know, 80 to 100,000 people. And so, Bill, tell me a little bit about, like, a little more in-depth about how this stuff works. So basically, when you go down into the basement area, you'll see the major carriers, basically the, the, the telecom equipment that you would see at the bottom of the tower, it's down there. The same equipment is down there, and it's feeding that signal, that, that capacity, through the comscope equipment. And then the comscope equipment is taking that signal and joining it, joining all those wireless carriers together. And then they, they, they distribute it throughout this whole stadium over fiber optic. And then eventually it comes out over these antennas, as Sean was saying, are hidden so you can't see them. And that's what provides that coverage and capacity to, to satisfy all the fans that come here. Is this the best covered stadium in the country? From what I've seen, it absolutely is. Uh, Sean, anything else you want to say? No, we appreciate the effort that Tesco put in and, and we're proud to be here. Perfect. Thank you, guys. All right, Jeff. So I read a Wall Street Journal piece not too long ago all about in-stadium DAS, and the reporter posed this sort of esoteric question, if you go to a football game, if you go to a concert, and you don't post a selfie, were you actually there? So I know from my perspective, if I'm paying $100, $200, $300 for a ticket, I feel like Wi-Fi and cellular should be just sort of part of the part of the deal covered by the price of admission and it really seems like stadium owners and venue owners are going that route too and really investing so do you see this this trend sort of just getting more robust and reaching more in building venues well now that we're taking this to a, a cerebral level right yes. um you know i think there's a couple points there number one uh you know I know when I go, like my, my wife went to Ole Miss, you went to Ole Miss, right. we went to the Ole Miss, Texas A&M game this year, and, and uh, you know, we're up in the stands taking the selfies, sending them to our grandparents, mm -hmm. so 
I wanted to make sure they knew I was there supporting Ole Miss, mm -hmm. regardless of what I paid for the ticket. Right. right. So I had my red on and I was there and then we turned around the other way and sent it to our University of Texas friends mm -hmm. to make sure they were following how to, uh, Mississippi was doing against um, A&M. So regardless of how much I pay for the ticket, mm -hmm. you know, I want the ability to um, Snapchat, I want the ability to, to Facebook, I want the ability to stream video. Mm -hmm. And when I travel around the world for business, you know, I connect with my kids and I want to share with my kids uh, where I am, what I'm doing. So, yeah. you know, yes, because I paid X number of dollars for an iPhone 6 and because I could travel around the world mm -hmm. and go to interesting events, I want to share them. So I do think it's price of admission. And uh, I think my perspective is probably shared by many, particularly yeah. those of the millennial generation who they've grown up with social media, they've grown up with smartphones. It's just part of their daily experience mm -hmm. is the ability to share. And it brings us back to coverage capacity. So yeah. when you're in building, wherever you are, you believe, I mean, it's like breathing. It's like a utility. Yeah. You want the right to be able to use your phone and connect with people wherever you are. And you don't, the last thing you want to see is, wait, I can't get a signal. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we heard from Joey and got a look at the AT&T Stadium deployment. Joey and I actually got a chance to go to AT&T Stadium for the national championship game a few weeks ago. There were a lot of reps there from AT&T sort of going over the different uh, down down load and upload speeds that were available in the stadium and Joey looked at me and goes man it's a, a good thing that it's such robust coverage because my girlfriend has not stopped texting me since we got here <laughs> so it's you know it really makes a big difference and it really does for me at least it make it more of an experience if I yeah. can sort of interact with what's going on through my cell phone so it's uh, AT&T Stadium's a great example of it and you know I mentioned earlier that Comscope does a lot of work in the DAS space and they've got a product line that speaks to that. I know Joey got to take a look at it up at the Tesco show, so let's share that with our viewers. Right. Hi, my name is Sean White. I'm the director for project management for Comscope in the distributed capacity and coverage solutions group. At the Tesco One Innovation Show, we're highlighting our Eye on You remote units. The Eye on You remote unit is the new revolution of remote units, we have the ION-M, the ION-B, and the newest is the ION-U. This ION-U is indoor-outdoor rated. Uh, the two pieces sandwiched together so you can achieve uh, SISO, or if you can add the second unit and achieve MIMO. The next item we have here is the new iPoi. The iPoi is basically a, a signal conditioner, so when the signals come from the base station, they go into this intelligent point of interface where the signals are conditioned and monitored. Right here we have what we call a sector matrix. This is where we can actually switch the zoning and sectors through this matrix switch. Right here we have a terrestrial microwave antenna. And lastly, we have our new ION-E. The ION-E is a, a CAT6A based uh, LAN system that the antenna and the remote are all integrated into this unit and is mostly for enterprise type sales. Hi, my name is Sean. Uh, we probably should take a step back. As, and I got to ask you, Joey went to Oregon. Has he recovered from the Super Bowl yet? Well, uh, he recovered night of quite nicely once we got from the stadium to uptown Dallas and met up with some of his buddies. But the long-term impact of, of the Ducks losing, I, I really don't know how it's going to affect him. He may not recover. He may not. Well, I tell you, if you, if you haven't uh, checked out Joey, uh, Joey 
shoots and produces gigs and digs for mm -hmm. RCR Wireless News. He's also doing a How It Works. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of him as the, the dirty jobs of RCR Wireless. Mm -hmm. And I just love the enthusiasm he shows <laughs> when he's out in the field. And he's such a great producer and editor of, of some of those segments. And uh, I just didn't want to get beat down too much by losing to Ohio State. But going back to that clip, I know you got another one you want to talk about. But maybe what are some of the key takeaways you saw of the, the Tesco show? and and what else do you have to talk about? Well, I guess one thing I wanted to sort of point out from that last clip we saw about the Comscope product line is they are upgrading their offerings at least once a year, if not more. And I think that really speaks to the demand on the consumer and for these products because you're talking a really serious R&D test and measurement process before these things are market ready. So you got to think they're working on the products that are going to come out later this year, starting two, three years ago. Yeah. And all the meanwhile, you know, going through all of the uh, vendor protocols. And it's just, it's really impressive how quickly that industry sort of takes shape. And another a big part of, of in-building is what's called a narrow beam antenna. Uh, Joey also got to talk with a fellow from Galtronics about the narrow beam antennas that they deployed in the University of Phoenix Stadium for the Super Bowl. If we could take a look at that clip, please. So I'm here with Robert Booth of Galtronics. So Robert, you guys won an award here for, for some work that you did at the Super Bowl. Tell me about that. Right. Well, Joey, this is a uh, special event for us this year. Uh, Tesco recognizes that uh, we developed a um, very narrow beam and set of antennas that were deployed at the Super Bowl. Uh, it resulted in having the largest number of sectors ever in a stadium that size and actually double the throughput and capacity that was done a year before. So we're real pleased with that and Tesco ended up giving us the showcase award for it in, uh, in innovation and we're seeing that antenna solution uh, of great interest throughout the country now for the upgrades for a variety of stadiums throughout the country. So it's been a, a great year for a beginning launch this year, and especially for that Super Bowl. So is there, have you already announced where you're going next with it? Well, what's happening is there are a lot of stadium upgrades that are occurring for the NFL stadiums. There are college campus uh, stadiums, and now we're being pursued in other uh, activities and pick, uh, well, baseball stadiums as well. So it's a it's a nationwide undertaking and now our antenna's got that attention. So is this your biggest antenna product ever since you're doing this kind of stuff? Well, actually, it is an extension of what we do. We, we, we began with in-building gas solutions and then they've been deployed throughout the country. Uh, they're still being deployed for massive MIMO and LTE deployments. We, we expanded into the stadium arena as we began to see the need for more sectorization and more narrow beam performance. And then, in addition to that, all the small cell deployments we participated in throughout the country. So it's basically an expansion of our portfolio, even as we migrate into outdoor DAS as well. Anything else you want to tell us about? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, you know, you've been, we've talked before. Uh, we have some new adaptation in terms of our antenna solutions for mounting to the ceiling. So uh, this is a very lightweight mounting capability for above ceiling installation of our SISO antennas. Mm -hmm. And then what this gives you is it's a UL approved material and it gives the installer the flexibility when they come to a venue and the owner says, well, I really don't want to see that. 
and yet the design is great. So you can use our antenna, you have no degradation in performance, and yet you get it out of the view of the, of the um, individuals. And this is UL approved, so it's a, it's a unique adaptation. The second thing that um, has caught a lot of attention is our ultra-thin SISO antenna. So you're getting broadband performance and coverage, but at the same time you're getting a very stealth, very thin uh, looking antenna, which can be multiple colors or, or whatever you want for your high-end all right, so now that we know how this stuff works and we've seen a few examples of the hardware, I'd like to sort of put into perspective the volume of data that we're talking about here. So before the show, you and I sat down and pulled a few figures that uh, you can share with the folks at home. Yeah, we've got um, some information from how much data AT&T customers used at 300 college football games, and that number came up to 100.6 terabits Terabits? I guess so. That's what the screen Whoa. says here. But, um, you know, in terms of what that is, you know, our research team came up with 100 terabits equates to something like 287 million social media posts completed with pictures. Okay, so that's, wow. a, that's a lot of stuff. But I think it really comes down to that customer experience in the stadium. And I, I think probably 99% of people in stadiums today, you know, when people are running on the field, mm -hmm. um, when Ole Miss beat Alabama, you remember yeah, that game? Right. Everyone was out there streaming to all their friends, and that was just part of the experience. Yeah, and you know that that data volume, 287 million social media posts with pictures, I want to point out that's just for AT&T. As you mentioned earlier in the show, these DAS systems, they work with multiple carriers. So most of these, you have AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, T-Mobile, and if that's representative volume, you know, multiply that by a significant whole number, and it's just sort of staggering. You know, that's great. We, we, we don't want to leave out Verizon, eight, uh, Sprint, and T-Mobile and mm -hmm. the other guys. So if somebody wanted from Sprint and T-Mobile wanted to send you stats, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email me at uh, skinney at rcrwireless.com or, uh, you know, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any social media channel. I'm pretty easy to find. Good. All right, so, and with all those different carriers working in conjunction, it just that, I'm just amazed at that volume of data, and it yeah. really does look like moving into 2015, we're just going to see more and more DAS deployments. Uh, what are some of the other trends that you're watching in this sector for the coming year? Well, before we jump ahead in yeah. terms of some of the milestones over the past year and trends going into 2015, I like our production team over there, and everybody do a big shout-out to Grace and Jeff. Thanks for all your help today. Uh, but run one more clip. I want to do this clip again, another little punchline for AT&T, but I love the commercials that they're running now for the DAS dudes, and everybody's seen these. That's right. And these are just commercials, and they've been running now for about six months of these two dudes that are driving around the country and showing up at stadiums. So let's run that first clip. That should just about do it. Excuse me? What are you doing? Uh, well, we're fine-tuning these small cells that improve coverage, capacity, and quality of the network. <laughs> it means you'll be able to post from the break room. Great! Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? A little. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have to go. Oh, okay. AT&T is building you a better network. So what I like most about that clip is You've got a carrier that is trying to humanize 
a very technical term called distributed antenna systems. Mm-hmm. You asked me to define it earlier, and I talked about bringing a signal off and putting it at a head end and distributing it and putting antennas underneath VIP chairs. But at the end of the day, people don't care about that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually a pretty interesting campaign that a carrier is running that's trying to humanize the fact that uh, they are investing in infrastructure mm-hmm. so people can have better service. Yeah. And uh, so that, you know, they've, they've got two different guys in there. Once they're both kind of nerdy, mm-hmm. you know, they're crawling in ceilings. One of them's now kind of a rock star, right? He's yeah. at the Cowboy Stadium on the, the billion-dollar screen up there, um, and everybody's clapping for him. Uh, so I think it's becoming part of the human consciousness now and, and consumer consciousness that they're aware of these networks. That's right. Which I know we're going to be writing about it soon. I love the fact that Verizon talks about the largest LTE network, mm-hmm. and now it's LTEX. Mm-hmm. And now you've got AT&T coming back and saying, we've got the strongest LTE network. So yeah. I really want to find out what the strongest LTE network really means. Mm-hmm. But uh, my point about that, 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 that commercial is they're just trying to humanize technology and really talk about the experience and, and connect people with the technology, which I, I think is great. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more of it as you get into in the Internet of Things and uh, over-the-top type services. But going back to your question earlier, what are the top trends and what yeah. are we seeing happening? Over the last 18 months, you've seen uh, defense con- contractor Cobham, which mm-hmm. is a European defense contractor, acquire Axel Wireless, which uh, was a U.K.-based distributed antenna system manufacturer mm-hmm. that specialized really in um, uh, public safety DAS systems. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their eyes on the North American market, so Axel wasn't really well known in the U.S. Then you saw JMA uh, acquire CSS, which mm-hmm. was an antenna company. You've seen Comscope this year announce uh, a, two, a $3 billion yeah. acquisition of TE connectivity, mm-hmm. so co- consolidation. And uh, what you're going to hear about soon is German, Germany-based Katrine, which is an antenna manufacturer. Uh, they make a lot of the um, uh, circular antennas or omni antennas and antennas on the macro towers. They're opening up a new facility, North American headquarters in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So again, you're seeing consolidation, you're seeing global expansion of the existing players. So I think that's pretty interesting on DAS. You're also going to see CRAN. We've mm-hmm. done some editorial programs re- re- recently with uh, actually Monica Paolini mm-hmm. published a report on um, uh, CRAN. Mm-hmm. And that really is the ability to dynamically allocate capacity with an inbuilding DAS system an outbuilding DAS system, and even over to small cell systems. So mm-hmm. I think over the next 12 to 18 months, you're starting to see this ubiquitous ability to allocate spectrum. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's part of what Comscope uh, had rolled out last year at Mobile World Congress. Uh, you're going to continue to see fiber to the remote radio head, mm-hmm. not just at the macro level, but really at small cell. So small cell has been a little bit slow getting out the gates, uh, but I think you'll continue to see the kinks getting worked out in terms of securing right-of-ways, uh, getting the uh, access to the light post to put mm-hmm. these small cell antennas in, but it's a hugely complicated task. You've seen um, software companies like Amdocs acquire Actix, which is a call trace, RAN call trace company. So you've got um, software companies moving closer to the network, and Amdocs rolled out a small cell deployment tool to help streamline the process for carriers to deploy those networks. Mm-hmm. They're using the network technology they acquired in Actix coupled with their traditional BSS OSS platform. You've seen Oracle, traditional BSS OSS company, um, by Techelec, so they're moving into the core network. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps set up the ability to know where your subscribers are, know 
who they are, whether a VIP customer, uh, because they want to make sure they don't lose their VIP customers. Mm -hmm. So it's all setting up to make sure that customers get the very best service regardless of where they are. And I just think it's a very dynamic and exciting time in the industry. Yeah, with all those companies you just mentioned, those are some major players in there. And uh, we didn't mention them, but all of the coverage of that is uh, pretty well archived on the RCR Wireless website. Some of the dollar figures are just astounding that's getting thrown around. And uh, I, what you said there at the end really resonates with me is the end goal of all this positioning is so that trickles down to the consumer level. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I learned a lot about distributed antenna systems today, Jeff. I really appreciate you coming in to speak with us. And I'll just one more time want to plug all of the great programming we have on rcrwireless.com. And then for multimedia content, you can check out our YouTube channel and RCR TV. Thanks for joining us on HetNet Happenings.